Isaiah 57, verses 1 to 13. The righteous man perishes, and no one lays it to heart. Devout men are taken away, while no one understands. For the righteous man is taken away from calamity. He enters into peace. They rest in their beds who walk in their uprightness. But you, draw near, sons of the sorceress, offspring of the adulterer and the loose woman. Whom are you mocking? Against whom do you open your mouth wide and stick out your tongue? Are you not children of transgression, the offspring of deceit, you who burn with lust among the oaks, under every green tree, who slaughter your children in the valleys under the clefts of the rocks? Among the smooth stones of the valley is your portion. They, they are your lot. To them you have poured out a drink offering. You have brought a grain offering. Shall I relent for these things? On a high and lofty mountain you have set your bed, and there you went up to offer sacrifice. Behind the door and the doorpost you have set up your memorial, for, deserting me, you have uncovered your bed. You have gone up to it, you have made it wide, and you have made a covenant for yourself with them. You have loved their bed, you have looked on nakedness. You journeyed to the king with oil and multiplied your perfumes. You sent your envoys far off and sent down even to Sheol. You were wearied with the length of your way, but you did not say it is hopeless. You found new life for your strength, and so you were not faint. Whom did you dread and fear so that you lied and did not remember me, did not lay it to heart? Have I not held my peace even for a long time, and you do not fear me? I will declare your righteousness and your deeds, but they will not profit you. When you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you. The wind will carry them all off. A breath will take them away. But he who takes refuge in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this... uh. This passage, it's really intense and high energy. And and you did a great job. Like that was it was a great accusatory reading. <laughs> um, and it, it makes me think of another New Testament passage, Romans two, verse four. Yep. Do you presume on the riches of God's kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? And so that's what we I think that sentiment is what we see a lot here. Like God, he's like, I've been patient with you. And yet you have basically multiplied your transgression and your idolatry and your waywardness. So what do you make of this passage and how we got from Isaiah 56 (laughs) to so quickly here? Yeah. Though I think there is a relationship between the two of them. So Isaiah 56 starts out with, the acceptance of the foreigner in Israel and the eunuch in Israel, the kind of people who righteous people might have said, no, 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 you're not allowed to be in relationship with God. You're excluded. Yeah. But now it turns to those people who are, you know, we saw yesterday the leaders, and now we see these people who seem to be leading others into the worship and idolatry. Mm. Uh, and it seems like what's, what's, Part of what's being said is God is, that's not who he's interested in. He's not interested in people who have uh, authority for people who are able to, you know, it seems like, 
you know, like verse nine, you journeyed to the king with oil and multiplied your perfumes. You sent your invoice far off. So it seems like these people, they, they have money. They're able to use that money to pull off these idolatrous, this, these idolatrous worship practices. But that's not what God is concerned with, right? That's not going to impress him, obviously. Uh, yeah. he's, he'd be happier to have foreigners and eunuchs in his people who are, mm. who are seeking to please him. Uh, so what, what I find most pa- powerful about this passage is just, it goes to these great lengths to describe this idolatrous worship. Uh, but then at the end talks about how empty it will be mm. right in verse 13. When you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you. The wind will carry them all off. A breath will take Gosh. them away. Right. Uh, so all of that investment that these these people have made in their idolatrous worship, it's an empty investment on which there is no return at all. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 13. It, it's so it's such a, a strong image. And, you know, in Isaiah 44, he kind of has this uh, snarky passage yeah. where he, he really details this image he, he, he tells the story of like a man making an idol and forming yeah. it and shaping the eyes and everything. And then once he's done creating this thing, he bows down to it and worships it as though it made him. Yeah. And so Isaiah is really good at pointing out the foolishness and the, the ridiculousness of idolatry and, you know, the, the strong warning here. And, you know, here's the thing, like we don't have, like I, I would highly doubt that anyone listening to this has like an ofrenda in their home that has a bunch of like household idols on it. But, you know, we, we certainly have idols, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're just more metaphysical now. They're, they're ideas, they're things, their status or whatever. And the warning here is that when we turn from God and harden our hearts, that God will, give you to your idols. When you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you. And that's a warning. And, you know, I want to use like that point you made yesterday, reading this through the lens of the Nathan and David episode, you know, like let's put ourselves in that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't, I certainly don't want to be in that place where the Lord's like, well, you know, when you're not in trouble, you're, devoting all your time and resources and thoughts and energy towards X. So why don't you let that just take care of you? And, you know, it's a call to whole life worship, not to Sunday morning only worship, but to whole life devotion to God. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That, that kind of, you are the man kind of reading of this. We do need to be really sensitive to, you know, when I teach through Isaiah with my undergraduate students, and I, I teach that passage from Isaiah 44 where he's making <laughs> fun of people who worship a piece of wood. Yeah. And then I, you know, I kind of play that up and like, it's just a piece of wood and they stare at it and they find all their hopes and dreams in this piece of wood. And as I'm saying that, I slowly pull my phone out of my pocket and then I eventually have it just right in front of my face, right? Because yeah. I think if, <laughs> if Isaiah were That's to show great. up in our culture, <laughs> right, that it's, it's just a piece of metal and plastic and yet we put all of our hopes and dreams into this little thing that fits in the palm of our hands. Uh, So we are not immune from this temptation to find our meaning, our 
pleasure uh, in something that in the end, as Isaiah says here, will just be blown away by the wind. But the very next phrase in verse 13, but he who takes refuge in me shall possess mm. the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. So that's the that's the transition. That's the hope that we get uh, is not the mountains, the, the high places where this idolatrous worship was done, but come to God's holy mountain and worship in his temple. And there yeah. you can enter into relationship with him. Yeah, that phrase, possess the land, is really significant because that's one of the main spokes of the Abrahamic covenant is that God is going to give land to mm -hmm. the children of Abraham. And, you know, what God is clarifying here through Isaiah is that it's not just the sons of Abraham. Like being in the lineage of Abraham is not those who shall possess the land. It's those who take refuge in the Lord, who live in the covenant of God with Abraham. And that's why Isaiah 56 can be true, that even those yeah. who aren't sons of Abraham, but take refuge in him as Abraham did, by their faith, they shall be counted righteous. And yeah. um, it's a beautiful salvation. It's, a, it's good news, truly. Yeah, it is. Well, for Will Carlisle, this is Will Kynes. And we'll see you tomorrow as we continue through Isaiah 57. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404 465 1737 or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.